Welcome to the Lorecast, presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. I don't know. You, I don't know if everybody's going to know it this week, Mike, but we are live right now on Twitch. The first time ever, we are actually live. Me and you, doing it. Big We're things. Live. Big things. Big things right now. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out as I'm looking at our new follower list. From today, Kelly, and I'm going to mess this up, Ehrenberg, Kelly Ehrenberg, we're just going to go with that, 27 minutes ago, gave us a follow on Twitch, so we hope Kelly's watching the episode and enjoying the episode this morning, Uh, and we got Brendan Bissett, ebissett01 in the chat, hey guys, love the stream, look at him. Thanks, Brendan. (laughs) Love you too. <laughs> he said love the stream. He didn't say he loves you. Yeah. He just said he loves oh. the stream. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good work behind the scenes. Brendan Bissett, our ticketing and marketing coordinator. He's in a meeting right now, but he told us he would jump in and uh, and pop in the chat while we were live for a little bit. But Mike, uh, you know, now that we're over the uh, the fact that we're live, we got a good episode, I think, coming up this morning for everybody. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're in the season, as you can see. See, uh, Kyle's at City Field right now. Um, I am. Stay away from uh, the the Mets home opener, and uh, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm in the football press box overlooking Robertson Field at St. Thomas Stadium. That's that's where this. You could be stayed. in the elevator shaft. <laughs> could be there looking too. Yeah, <laughs> looking out the window. But yeah, we got uh, we got a, a, all four baseball captains coming up, right? Yep, yep. We have uh, Josh Nikoloff, Josh Solomon, Matt Circolio, and Billy Black. So we get to hear what they've been up to. I uh, get to uh, talk about what's going on with their team and what they've been up to. Um, and we talk a little bit of baseball with them, too. So it's just uh, it's a fun episode. Then, Pal, you were able to talk to a couple members of the softball team. And That's right. We got uh, – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I thought you were just throwing it to me. I got uh, Maria, Maria Pagani Pagani. Uh, there's a whole debate during the episode about how to say her last name because she doesn't really know how to say her last name. She's decided, uh, I think, when she started taking Italian that her last name should be pronounced differently than how it's been. Hey, Jen Teague in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Jen Teague, head coach of the softball team. She's listening in. Hey, guys, shout out to Jen Teague. So, Jen, you picked a good episode to come in. This is the first time we've ever actually been doing a live intro. So we're glad you are in the chat joining us. We hope you enjoy the episode. Like I said, Maria Maria Pagani, Pagani we're going to have a whole discussion about that, and Kat Laverde, a sophomore on the team. Jen Teague just signed up for Twitch. She's a Twitcher for life now, Mike. <laughs> we're, just, we're just, you know, bringing people to the platform. I mean, we are needs to, uh, to, to recognize us and give us a little bit more bumps so we can get some more followers. That's right. Well, Jen Teague just followed us one minute ago, so shout out to Jen Teague for the follow. Thank you very much. She's got to let all the other coaches know on the uh, the head coaches call. I think they have those every uh, every Thursday. So tomorrow, Jen, you got to let all the head coaches know. Give us follows. We, we need the follows. All right. She's got us. She's got us. She's, <laughs> she's, she's got us. All right. Well, Mike, uh, it's been, like we said, it, it was uh, opening week for Major League Baseball, so we thought this was a great week to bring on our baseball and softball student-athletes. So, good episode ahead. We hope you enjoyed uh, this live intro, but now we're going to throw it to the to the recorded section, the edited section, if you will. Break the fourth wall there. And uh, we got baseball coming up first, so we're going to send it to commercial break, and when we come back, we'll, you will hear from the four baseball captains. So, stick around. 
During my time at Columbia, the incredible support from the university, alumni, and parents has helped us make great strides in the resources we've been able to provide our student athletes in and out of competition. We do not want to lose that momentum during this unprecedented year. With that in mind, I'm excited to announce the launch of the One Roar Campaign for Athletics. For this year only, the One Roar Fund will replace all sports-specific fundraising. By bringing our alumni and parent communities together, we can truly do something exceptional for past, present, and future Columbia Lions. In these times where reduced revenues and increased fiscal pressure are the new normal, the money raised during this campaign will support each of our 700 plus student athletes from all 31 sport programs, as well as the administrative units that support our teams. Your past investments in our athletic programs have been critical to our success, and I hope we can rely upon you to help our entire department through these challenging times. Be safe and go Lions. For more information and to make a gift, please visit GoColumbiaLions.com backslash one world. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. four baseball captains we've got billy black matt serfolio josh nikoloff and joshua solomon josh can't, see, was, can't see i was gonna say can't see josh on the screen right now yeah so solomon's making his second appearance on the forecast so welcome back josh you're, you're you're tied for most appearances career appearances so it's another record that we can put you in the record books all for of course go for it <laughs> Josh is on the move. Josh Nikoloff's on the move. Uh, he just got done with a, a doctor's appointment, so he'll he'll be joining us shortly when he gets settled in. But guys, thanks so much for uh, taking some time this morning. Uh, good to see you all. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be on. So, like we said, you guys are the four captains of this year's squad. Obviously, very unique circumstances. We're still at the towards the end of a pandemic. Um, so what have you guys been, let's just start with you, Billy. Uh, what have you guys been up to to try to like stay in shape and st stay ready and um, just give everybody an idea of what this last year has been like for you all? So I, after last spring got canceled, I got set up to go to the Northwoods. So last summer I played in Wisconsin for, it was an abbreviated season. It was about 50 games. And then after that, I came home during the fall and I, I quarantined for a little bit and then I started training in New Jersey. So I live in Connecticut. I was driving like an hour and a half there and an hour and a half back each day. Um, it's called Rockland Peak Performance. The coaches recommended it. Um, I worked out with Dellen Batantis a few times, which was cool. I, I read um, he was working out there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he, like, he's even bigger in person. I six <laughs> seven is really, really tall. But yeah, I've just been working out there ever since and then the seniors all moved to Jersey City, and we've just been living together and working out since then. Yeah, because it looks like you and Matt are in the same house. So, Matt, tell us about living together and kind of getting everybody 
back together in these unique circumstances. Yeah, living together has been awesome. I think the the biggest thing over the last year has been uncertainty, um, uncertainty with the season and uncertainty with kind of the school year as well, whether or not we'd be able to get back on campus, live together for our final year. Um, so we kind of try to take matters into our own hands at the, the start of the, the spring semester. And, and we knew we all wanted to live together um, our, our last semester and got some plans down, made it happen. And it's been awesome. Um, we, the, there's been five of us living together. Josh actually just uh, got up from, from California um, and, and kind of reunited with us last night, which was, which was awesome. It's the first time I've seen him in over a year now, which is, is crazy to think, but it's, it's been a lot of fun to, to have, have the guys all together and, and living in, in one house. It's been, it's been an awesome experience. Joshua, are you back in California or where are you right now? Yeah, I'm in California. Um, much like Billy, I was able to go to not the Northwoods, but I was in the Expedition League for around 45 games um, in North Dakota. And then I came home and was still working out at the same place um, since the beginning of quarantine, basically right when the season got canceled. Um, and then about a month and a half ago, I went out to Arizona and was working out with um, a lot of the pitchers that were sent out there. Um, and now I'm home. I just had surgery. So that's why I'm home early. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kyle, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was going to say, talk about, or if one of you can talk about your experience in, you know, one of these, one of these places you went to work out, like how, how it all worked with social distancing and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I can jump in. So RPP, where I work out, um, there's a limited number of slots for people to fill, and you always have to have your, your mask on, but other than that, it still feels like a relatively normal training environment. Like, you can work one-on-one -on -one with a the guy. There are strength coaches there. Um, it hasn't really changed that much for, for my experience, other than a limited capacity. Um, I'll jump in. The gym I work out at home um, was a little different, but pretty similar. Um, they had slots, so they would do six people to an hour and then 15 minutes for like a cleaning period. Um, and then as numbers started dropping, he was working with the city and he, uh, he was able to kind of have open hours, but he would still separate it like pro college and high school guys. So it was still kind of separated. Um, and as long as you're out of there within a good amount of time, then there was no problem. And then the place out in Arizona was the same deal. It was just uh, high school, college and pro times. And the gym was pretty big. There was no real reason for uh, like, I mean, you're never really that close to anyone. Kind of natural social distancing. And then they would do the same thing. They would do a 15 minute cleaning period after each group. So I guess my, my experiences back home in Alabama were, were different. Um, I worked out at a, a lifetime gym and it was essentially after October, um, they, they opened up their, their gym floor, essentially normal business. Um, so that was good to have, but people certainly took their own um, precautionary measures with wearing masks and, and whatnot. They did a good job of, of cleaning all the, the equipment as well. Um, and then as far as the baseball aspect, I had um, a, a cage in a facility I would go to that they were uh, more affected by by covid um so it was harder to get in there um but around november december things opened up and i was able to, to get in and, and get some swings in there 
Matt, I wanted to, so you, you mentioned you're, you know, you're from Alabama and everything. Uh, mm -hmm. Your brother played at Yale. Talk a little bit about your, your background and did you move, you moved around a little bit when you're growing up, right? Were you so I, I did not. Um, I was born and raised in, in Alabama. Um, my childhood was a lot of dealing with academics. My dad was a doctor, so he, he was pushing academics as well as athletics. He played um, college sports as well. And, and seeing my oldest brother play at Yale, I kind of had a familiarity with the Ivy League. Um, and my freshman year of high school, I, I knew I wanted to play at the Ivy League. I actually prints out like a little poster of um, the Ivy League logo and, and put it on my bedroom mirror. Um, so, so I had that goal in mind from an early age. And then throughout the recruiting process, I was talking to some different schools. And um, after my senior year of high school, I actually decided to do a, a postgraduate year at a school in Andover, Massachusetts, just 30 minutes away from, from Boston. Um, and that was an awesome experience for me. It, it, it helped me kind of prepare myself for college first, but also meet a lot of new types of people being somebody who grew up in, in Birmingham, Alabama, um, and then eventually was able to, to have the opportunity to, to go to Columbia and, and play baseball in New York City, which has been, which has been an awesome experience. So 2018, we're playing Yale in the Ivy League championship. What was, what was going through your brother's mind? What were those conversations like? Yeah, so <laughs> it was... It was a lot of fun uh, for me, definitely. Yale was a, a team that the coaches, we obviously, my family was close to them, uh, my brother and my dad particularly. So it was a, a weird experience through the recruiting process for me. Um, they were a team that pretty much never never thought I was good enough to play there. So I kind of had a, the chip on my shoulder, I guess, playing them. Um, they were actually the first Ivy League team that we played with uh, against my freshman year. So that, that experience was certainly interesting, playing playing third base and having their coach just standing right next to me the whole game. We talked a little bit, but um, not not too much. I think my, my dad wanted me to maybe be a little more conversational um, than I was. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the, the Ivy League championship was was awesome. Um, it was definitely a, a payoff for, for beating – beating not only Yale but my the the school my brother went to as well there's some bragging rights in the family that that come up certainly um every now and then so nice why don't you guys walk us through some you know Billy and Matt we'll, we'll keep going on the 18 championship um what was that like go, coming in as a first year as Josh is getting back from his appointment here we'll see him in a second um Matt you you're rookie of the year that year um for the, for the team, uh, what was it like, you know, kind of coming in and, and be able to get, get the team back on top after a couple of years after the three-peat? Um, yeah, just talk about, you know, just what that series was like. I mean, obviously two epic games, two pitchers duels and, and trying to get in that championship in 18. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it for me was being able to learn uh, the culture and, and learn kind of how Columbia baseball did things from the older guys. I came in um, and I, I watched Julian's freshman year pretty closely. Um, so he was somebody that I knew coming in, I wanted to learn a lot from just because he was so successful. Um, and then learning from guys like Joe and, and Randall, um, kind of how they approached practice every day, how they approached games every day, made it easy for me um, to kind of come in and, and, and fit into the, the Columbia baseball culture and, and kind of what 
the coaches um, expected of me. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, that, that series was back and forth. And I, I remember game two just being, being one of the longer games I ever played. And I actually remember um, not even looking at the scoreboard for about four innings there and extra innings and running out. And I heard, heard the guy uh, announcing we were in the 15th inning and I just looked over at Joe and we just started laughing um, that we were, that we were in the 15th <laughs> inning, but yeah, man, that, that was just an awesome experience having all the, the team, the team's hard work um, kind of throughout the whole season, uh, the long fall days, the long days in the, the, the weight room kind of kind of pay off there and dogpile on Yale's field. That was awesome. Kyle had a first row seat. I was going to uh, bring it up. Well. I was going to bring it up. <laughs> I, uh, you know, stood in a very, uh, how am I going to say, poor spot as I ran onto the field and the, the broadcast camera has my, my butt just – standing there with the video camera trying to get the close-up <laughs> of the dog pile so <laughs> nice nice yeah that's right it was worth it it was good video we got out of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think one of the things that sticks out to me from that series is you know randall obviously got hurt before um it was at cornell and then he missed the, the last regular season weekend and he, he bounced back and was able to play and I don't think Yale was expecting him to play. And he comes out and starts taking BP. And then you just see the Yale coaches just shuffling around, like moving all their stuff around, like having conversations, like he's not supposed to play kind of like, you know, kind of a Willis Reed moment, if you will. They were not expecting him to play at all. And just seeing their reaction, watching him take BP before he went out there for game one is something like, I'll just never forget. A giant it. shoulder brace on. I don't know how. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was unbelievable. And then he homers in the regional a couple weeks later, <laughs> or like yeah. a month later. It's like the first home run of the, the tournament. It was an incredible run. So, Josh, thanks for joining us. I uh, hope you're feeling well. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to because we'll catch everybody up before we, we get going. Yep. Get going here. Um, basically, I was just doing everything was solo like every day um, we work out at the same place we field every day we hit every day together um, then obviously I had my surgery my first one in December um, so I was just kind of doing PT like five times a week before kind of just going to the field and to the, the gym with him um, but yeah we were just basically just doing everything together just lifting working out um, staying in shape um, all the all the stuff kind of necessary Change gears for a little based, you know, on the background that I have today. I don't know how many Mets fans we have in the house, but uh, it is finally on the day we're recording this opening day for the Mets. And uh, this past weekend was, uh, was you know, opening opening weekend for uh, Major League Baseball. So uh, how, what do we got? Who's in the house? We have Mets fans. We have Yankees fans. We have others fans. What do we got? Mets. Go Angels. Ooh. All right. Go Dodgers. Okay. And then Matt doesn't like baseball, so he doesn't have a <laughs> Matt, you don't have a yeah. team. Is it because you're from Alabama and there's no team down there? So that's that's a big part of it. A big part of it is the, the lack of professional sports teams. Uh, my, my brother actually works for the Indians, though, so I kind of pull for them just for the free playoff tickets and, <laughs> and whatnot. So okay. he'll be, I guess he'll I'm be a fan of whatever team you wind up playing for one day. That's that's really what you're <laughs> aiming for. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Josh uh, Solomon, you said you're a Dodgers fan. So uh, we're looking at a repeat this year. Uh, of course. I mean, there's nothing else to say, really, honestly. <laughs> I was so, watching over the weekend. Uh, I was watching. They had the, was it the Rockies? They were playing the Rockies, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I've liked Walker Buehler for a long time. 
and uh, he looked he looked good. Well, he looked good the few innings I was watching. I for, I don't I forget what happened in the game that he was pitching the other day. I think they did wind up winning, right? Um, I didn't actually watch the Dodger game. Oh, I thought you were a Dodgers fan. Oh, you're a good fan. (laughs) We get blackout dates here. They don't let us watch any of the Dodger games. It's true. And actually, it's true. Nikolov, what did you think of uh, Otani last night going deep? And it's like, he's probably going to win MVP three years in a row if I had to guess. (laughs) Um, He can stay healthy. Bold prediction. (laughs) He's a stud, though. Angels are going to win the pennant. If he stops walking people, maybe he'll be okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Billy, what I mean, you, what's your outtake nice. on the Mets? Uh they might go. They're on pace for 162 and 0 right now. <laughs> we'll see if they're undefeated. Undefeated. I don't know if they'll still be by the time this podcast airs, but <laughs> <laughs> if they play today, best opening day team in history. So we are. That's know. true. That's true. This podcast is hosted by two Mets fans. So <laughs> as you can tell by Kyle's background. Yes. What what are the uh, what are the thoughts on the Lindor deal for the Mets fans then? I mean, I don't hate it. Well, I mean, what's to hate, right? Elite yeah. player in elite position, yeah. Yeah. What's to, not I mean, my money. No. <laughs> Uncle Steve. Uncle yeah. Steve's got all the money. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they got a they had a few other decisions to make with Conforto and Cindergard and stuff. So see how it goes. It should be fun though. I mean, their lineup's really deep. I mean, they could have McNeil hitting sixth or seventh. That's pretty crazy. But yeah, we won't everybody with our baseball breakdown. That'll be a new spin-off podcast if anybody wants to join. <laughs> yeah. Mike and I are just going to host a Mets podcast. <laughs> There's not enough of those out there. Yeah, really. Oh, it's funny. So, Billy, I want to throw it back to you because you're in a unique situation, too. You were a student worker for uh, our staff, and you work some football games and some stuff in the fall. So uh, what are some highlights from working with us uh, from your previous three oh, years? So I'm on the spot. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough question. That was a long time ago. My biggest highlight would be – Probably working the, I was on the chain gang and I was talking to this random Wagner football player and he seemed like a really nice guy. I just assumed that he was probably like a bench warmer or something. And he goes, all right, I got to go and puts his helmet on and he was the starting quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Billy, basically I asked you that question because we're trying to recruit when we come back in the fall. We need need a whole uh, reload with student workers. So chain gang was fun. Yeah. But the chain gang, I mean, who was he? Was he he, so he was a student worker for facilities then? Yeah, but he did it with stuff for us too. Okay. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was, good. was a good time. Recommend it. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> you want to be, you want to be a, a, you know, student worker in the communications office. It's a good time. You know, you just there's a lot of food in the press box. No, the press box when I did that, that was stressful, but. It's so no, that's what that's what no, that's so, what I, do. <laughs> I just didn't want to mess up. <laughs> what were you well, doing? Billy, you probably you were probably PA spotter a couple times. Did you do yeah. scoreboard? I thank God I didn't have to do the uh what's it called? The the red glove, whatever. Oh that, the red no. hat. Yeah, yeah. Hat. yeah. That is that is a stressful job. For football, is, it can be stressful. Yeah, for yeah. football, it's a very stressful job, especially yeah. when we we go to timeouts when the coaches don't want us to go to timeouts. And it's just like, guys, you don't control that. Sorry. <laughs> like we get an interception. We got to go to commercial break. Like <laughs> what are you going to do? So um, obviously it's unfortunate that you guys aren't playing, but 
a lot of your teammates are have picked up grad years other places and talk about how you've kept tabs with them and how you've kept in touch. I mean, I know like Liam and Ben especially have had really good starts to their season. So uh, what do you think about what they're doing? I'm sure you're not surprised. No, I mean, definitely just seeing like hitters wise, just like Liam and Jules just kind of doing their thing. Um, definitely super like exciting. Just kind of see that just kind of like supports the idea that like guys for our team can play anywhere. Like it doesn't really matter. Like Jules and Liam were obviously two of the better hitters, like, you know, in our program and um, just seeing them have success is really exciting. It's fun to just keep up with them about it. Yeah. yeah, I saw I saw Jules. I saw Jules as OBP was essentially what it was. And uh, when, when he was at Columbia, just always getting on base. Um, but I, I was looking more closely at his stats and he didn't have any extra base hits. So I kind of was <laughs> was joking with him to hit a double and Julian being Julian got a little too upset about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, seeing them have the success that they have, I don't think is really surprising, but it is cool to see um, them have the success that they are having at other places. Yeah, just as a recap, so Julian Barry's at Loyola Marymount, for those that don't know, uh, Liam McGill's at Bryant, Ben Wareski's at Rutgers. I think he was 2-0, and 3-0 uh, going into last weekend. I didn't see what the Rutgers did last weekend. Um, and Will West is at Rice. I don't think he's gotten in a game yet. And AJ Filippo is playing somewhere. Abton, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy's kicking around. So good to see them going in. And kind of turning our attention back to this current team, I mean, for the seniors on the call, what's kind of your message to this group as they're, they're going to move forward into next uh, spring season? Uh, I would say like the, the underclassmen on the team right now, you're talking about? Okay, yeah, yeah, I would just say just keep working hard. I mean, like Matt talked about earlier in the podcast, there's really no better feeling than dogpiling. Um, and winning an Ivy League championship, getting that experience to go to a regional. Um, so just keep that in the back of your head when on, let's say, a random day in the summer, you don't feel like working out. Just keep that as motivation. Yeah, one, one thing I'd say is come ready to compete. Um, you know, our class was fortunate enough to have a lot of guys that played, whether it be in the field or, or in the, the rotation. Um, so next year, there's going to be a lot of open spots on the field. Um, everybody wants to come in and play. Um, that's that's natural but I think it's especially going to be an interesting situation to watch next year with with a lot of open spots and a lot of competition with young guys older guys so I, I think uh, just come ready to compete every day because there, there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for playing time um, just like to also build off that just use that competition just to kind of promote you growing closer to each other just because like you know Obviously, throughout the four years, we had to compete for playing time just with each other, with guys we were close with. And honestly, just embracing that competition and enjoying it, you just get so much closer with everyone because you're both just working towards the same goal, both putting in work. Um, you're around each other every single moment of practice and stuff. And it's definitely one of the more exciting and fun parts of practice and being a part of a team. So, yeah, just embrace that competition and use it to grow, you know, within yourself and like just grow the relationships of the guys you're competing against. I'm on the team. So I'm yeah, you're going to be back next year. So, but like, I guess, well, you, you know, that what was you, all good advice yeah. for you. That was all good advice. Yeah, yeah. It's up to you to carry that message on. No pressure. It was like a little pause there. And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, uh, no, no, I know. I was going to try to chime in. Spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what do you think it's going to be like with a lot of new faces next year, uh, Solomon? Like, just 
you know, talk about what you think it's going to be like coming back in the fall and what, what are you going to be some key things that you guys need to get done to get, make sure you're ready for the spring. Well, I think the hardest part is uh, we need to get to know two new classes and still get to know um, what will be the junior class. Holy cow. Um, so I think that's going to be the hardest part, um, getting basically half the team to kind of buy into the culture that haven't had that experience yet. Um, but I know my class and the class below us, I mean, the class below us still has to learn a lot. Um, and as do we, we haven't really fully, we've only been on campus for about a year. Um, so I think that's definitely gonna be the hardest part, but we've been starved from being on campus for so long that I think it'll just come naturally. Um, dudes will just buy in just because they're excited to be on campus. So I'm looking forward to it. And it's going to be exciting to see who wins the starting spots because like Surf said, there's a lot of open spots now, um, pitchers and hitters alike. So it'll be really interesting to see what our team looks like going into the spring. Yeah, I feel like because the layoff has been so long from actually playing in games that it's like when you guys all come in, it's like nobody has a spot. It's, it's just yeah, – Yeah, yeah, and like – dudes who come back who aren't the same players anymore. Like the worst dude on the team could now be the best dude on the team. And we would have no idea until we find out in the spring. So, I mean, like people who think that they have a spot somewhere on the field that could be taken away from them pretty quickly um, just because dudes have changed so much, hopefully for the better. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting. I'm excited. Just real quick before yeah. we let you guys go, I want to ask, uh, so what do you think is going to be, kind of the the hardest aspect of the game to kind of get back into the the flow of or the back in the swing of like you know obviously you know live hitting right uh and stuff like that but I also think for me I would think you know one of the hardest aspects of the game would be kind of like working like as middle infielders for example right like trying to turn that double play and not having like that that you know, having not having done that and knowing your shortstop knowing your second baseman things like that so what do you think, Josh? You as a baseball player. Nico, that, oh, me? Oh, yeah. I'm an outfielder, but. I know, no, I'm just saying. I was <laughs> no, giving yeah, you an example, yeah. yeah. I think, um, I think the hardest part will be, for some hitters, will definitely be the live uh, pitching, like the live tracking. And then for pitchers, like just competing, it's a lot different um, from what I've heard. I'm not a pitcher. I've never been one, but from what I've heard throwing a bullpen versus competing against live hitters is a lot different. There's a different energy level. Um, and same with the fall too. Like we don't play in front of a ton of fans um, in the fall, especially during scrimmages, there's no fans. It's just us. So competing in front of people um, kind of gives you that adrenaline rush um, and kind of gets your heart going. And that's a different feeling than when you're scrimmaging. So yeah, Same one thing when your adrenaline's growing, it's a lot harder to relax. One thing I'd add, add on to that is I know guys have been playing summer ball um, and, and getting at bats, trying to get live as much as possible. But in the I League, the, the doubleheader days are long days um, and missing out on a full season of playing those those long days where it's usually typically close games in the Ivy League and you're playing you know, two games in, in one day and, and three games on a weekend can be tough. So just trying to maintain that energy and stamina um, for a whole weekend, I think will be, will be something that'll be interesting to watch from, from the stands, I guess, next year. 
So that leads me to my, my last question for the seniors on the call. Let us know what's what's next for you all. Uh, you have extra eligibility. I, I think at least two of you are going to use them. Uh, Matt, I haven't heard I had talked to you much, but uh, why don't you let everybody know uh, what, what your plans are? Yeah, so I am not um, I'm not playing next year. I, I I took a lot of time to think about it, um, but overall, I think the the group of guys that I've played with couldn't have been a better group. Um, I'm super thankful for the time I had at Columbia, and I, I decided the best decision for me was to not um, not use my extra year of eligibility and and look more towards what's next after baseball. Um, you have an idea of what that's going to be. I'm in the job hunt job interview process now. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back from from a couple places, so so we'll see. Nice. Good luck with everything. How about you, Billy yeah, and Josh? I appreciate it. Josh, you can go first. You're already settled. Um, so yeah, I actually um, committed to Kansas State to play there next year. Um, so the little apple sure. from the big apple to the little yeah. apple. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Super stoked about that. Um, I just want to keep continuing to play baseball basically for as long as I possibly can. It's kind of my goals in life, I guess. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm still undecided, but I applied to Columbia. Hopefully that works out. That would be my first option. But if it doesn't, then I, I'll look elsewhere for my fifth year, maybe like a Vanderbilt or somewhere <laughs> like that. But we'll see. <laughs> Straight to another somebody battle. Vanderbilt. I'll, I'll turn it good word for you, Bill. <laughs> Solomon, we know you're going to be back. We'll see you in left field hopefully next year. <laughs> Not center, bro. Field. Center field. Center field. <laughs> center, yeah. make the shift. All right. Bills is gone. You got TJ. You might as well step on the mound solo. Yeah, seriously. hundred. <laughs> Right. That's, uh, that's all the time we have with our baseball seniors. It's been great catching up. Thanks, guys, so much for joining us. Uh, good luck with everything, and we will talk to you soon. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having us. It's awesome. Thank you. So that'll do it for part one. We'll be back with part two. We'll be joined by some members of the softball program. Uh, Kyle will probably be back with them. I might join them if I've got the time. We'll see. He might. I, I, I now know what time. And uh, I think you'll be able. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if you're done with your parents by we'll then. See. I don't know when we're recording this, so it's it's yeah. a mystery. For we'll be joined by uh, Maria Pagani and Cat Laverde from the softball team. So stick around. Nice. Cool. Thank you. This is how we got that scheduled while we're on the call. I got it scheduled <laughs> while we were on the call. Yeah. Jag One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Welcome back to part two of the Roarcast, presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. I'm your host for this part of the episode, Kyle Matrician. It's just going to be me flying solo for this part. Uh, Mike Kowalski, my co-host, uh, had to do dinner time. It's uh, Monday night at the Kowalski household in 
He's got two kids and it's dinner time. So uh, it's going to be me interviewing senior Maria Pagani from the softball team and sophomore Kat Laverde from the softball team. So first of all, I want to thank the two of you for, uh, for taking the time to join me tonight. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. And it's my understanding that the both of you are on campus, correct? Or near campus? Yeah, I'm living in an apartment off campus right now. Nice. And I'm living on campus. You're living on campus. All right. So the two of you are participating in phase athletic activity, correct? Yeah. I hope so, because that's why we invited you on the podcast. (laughs) If not, get off. Uh, (laughs) So I actually, I want to give some of our listeners a little bit of insight into how that's going uh, from the softball team perspective, from your perspectives, uh, kind of pick your brains a little bit. So Maria, I'm going to start with you. Um, You being a senior, uh, you know, phase athletic activity is very different from what practice would be. Uh, So kind of just give everybody the ins and outs of what you are allowed to do and how that's different from a regular practice. Okay. So right now, phased athletic activity is limited to 10 people, which is kind of perfect because we have 11 people here, but 10 participating in practice. So we can have all the people present on the field at the same time because our sport naturally allows us to socially distance. So it kind of works out perfectly in that sense. But it's just kind of weird because we would be in spring right now, which means if we were practicing, we'd be practicing six days a week, three hours a day. And we are kind of doing like a half off-season, half in-season practice schedule. Like during the week, we practice Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And that's more in individual settings. Like I'll practice with one other person while we're hitting or a few other people at a time and then we'll lift. Then on Saturday, we're in like full spring practice where we'll have a three hour practice. So it's just weird adjusting because I feel like we're in off season and then we'll have that really long three hour practice and it hits you like it would in season, but it's just so fun to be like back and with everyone. All right, Kat, and uh, like I said, you're a sophomore. Your freshman season got cut short by the pandemic. I think I believe uh, the team played 10 games before the season was canceled last year. And, uh, you know, this season, unfortunately, never got started. But participating in phase athletic activity, you get to go to Bakerfield and I assume take some ground balls, maybe practice turning the double plays uh, as a middle infielder. So what is it that uh, you're allowed to do? You and Maria, we got two middle infielders. Two middle yeah. Yeah, I think Maria covered it pretty well. Um, I would say like we do get to lift together as a team on Fridays, which is really nice because it gives us back into that like team setting, you know, like hyping each other up, which is really fun. Um, Again, with like Saturday practices, like together as a team, you know, Maria and I, yes, turning those double plays. It's uh, it's really fun and it feels very like normal, which is nice considering the circumstances where everything, you know, prior to this has just been like kind of chaos. So it's good to be in, good to have some kind of you know normalcy back, some scheduling. It's nice. Um, when you're on the field uh, at Baker, uh, I know Maria touched on a lot of this, but from your perspective, um, like actually in you know doing like like fielding ground balls, anything like that, um, how you know how is how normal does it feel compared to what a regular practice would be? Um, I think it feels as normal as possible for the circumstances right now, because we are missing so much of our team. 
Um, you know, we're also, you know, socially distanced as much as possible um, when we can be, which is like Maria said, on the field. We can be socially distanced, you know, in the dugout, we do our best. Um, we have really great crews that like come and like everything that we touch, we take back to the locker room and they clean it. So it's, it, we feel, it feels very safe and it feels like normal in that like aspect. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's different. All right, well, I wanted to pick your brains first and uh, see how phase athletic activity was going. But now I kind of, you know, what we like to do on this podcast is get everybody to get everybody to know our guests a little bit. And the first thing I want to bring up is uh, Maria. I brought it up before we started the podcast. Uh, one of the most interesting moments I've ever had in getting to know somebody, a uh, student athlete in my entire life, you, your first year on campus, when I... You know, I normally go around on headshot day and I ask everybody, I want to make sure I say your name correctly. So, you know, for the PA and everything like that. And so I get to Maria and I'm like, all right, Maria, is it Pagani, Pagani, Pagani? And she's like, you know, I don't really know. I, you can say it any way you want. And I was like, that is a first for me. So please, Maria, explain yourself. And how do you say your name now? Okay, so growing up, I feel like my parents always said Pagani. So I feel like it is Pagani but my teachers and my friends always said Pagani. So I kind of just said both. I acclimated to what I was called at school and I just I just threw both out there. They kind of sound familiar to me. Like I don't really see that big of a difference. <laughs> so I use them interchangeably, but then people are so aghast when I say like Pagani. They are, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> then, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Pagani. I think the original spelling had an I at the end. Okay. So now that I've taken Italian at Columbia, I can assert that it is Pagani. But um, you know, sometimes just to keep you on your toes, I might say Pagani. You know, it's going to be. Uh, it's. I, I don't know. Are you? Well, I, I should ask you because you're a senior this year. Are you potentially planning to come back uh, and play a fifth year at Columbia, or is that still up in the air? Potentially, it's definitely yeah. something I'm considering. I am looking to applying to a master's. Um, a one-year master's because my end goal is to go to medical school so I was going to be taking a gap year regardless so might as well play if I can but mm -hmm. we'll see how that works out. I think I had an interesting conversation with you at one point over the last year where I forget why what we were talking about or why I needed to speak I was speaking to you about something I don't know if it was a different interview but we you we were talking about the pandemic and you, you just reminded me of this by saying you wanted to go into the medical field because I, I hope it was you since I did, since I dove into the story now, uh, told me uh, about how the virus actually spreads. And you said you learned some interesting things in your classes. It was me. It was you. You learned some interesting things in your classes about how, you know, you know like just by passing by somebody who has it. And again, we hope nobody's taking medical advice from this podcast. Please do not. <laughs> <laughs> you said you learned some interesting things in your classes about, you know, there was a lot of fear about, you know, passing by somebody who's potentially has COVID and that's how you're going to get it. And then you said something to me that you learned something in your class. Maybe I'll let you finish it about it's more like the, the, the super spreader events more mm -hmm. so than it is like getting it from one individual person. Yeah, so they actually offer a one credit class on the pandemic this semester. So I opted to take it. And it's a bunch of guest lecturers that will come in and teach on like different aspects of the pandemic. So one of them is like how they make the models. One of them is like how, um, how pregnant women are affected by COVID. It's a really cool class so far and I like it. And one of like the first things we learned was the um, something called like the over dispersion parameter i want to get like too into it but basically it just talks please about... use the use the language on us <laughs> it basically just talks about if 
one, if I were to get COVID like from someone else, the odds of me passing it to another person are 10%. So only 10% of people are actually gonna spread the virus once you are infected, but it's those 10% of people that happen to be the super spreaders. If that makes sense. Yes. I think I think I remember why you brought this story up to me now is because I was talking to you and I was saying how one of my one of my friends had the virus and some oh, sorry, no, his wife had it and she was a healthcare he worker. And then he didn't get it and they live in the same household. And I was like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And then you told me this whole story about how like really it's only like ten percent of the people that can actually spread it. You yeah, know, maybe yeah, or you know, I don't I don't know. And again, I don't know exactly how it works, but Super interesting. We've turned this into a medical podcast now. That's yeah. what this is. That's what this is. Kat, any uh, any future ideas of going to med school too? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not on the table for me. Um, no, I'm not exactly sure yet what the future holds for me. Uh, possibly law school, uh, potentially a doctorate in psychology, but uh, definitely not med school. That's for sure. All right, getting back to changing topics a little bit. I want to uh, do something that we've done with uh, some of the guests that we've had on the podcast uh, and some of our previous podcasts. And uh, it's called, and hopefully it is, uh, Rapid Fire. So it's kind of a it's fun game. I just want to ask you questions about yourself. I'm going to ask you quick questions, and I just want to know that the first answer that comes to mind, and I'll let you give time to explain it. But sometimes Rapid Fire turns into what Mike likes to call a slow burn because it takes forever to get through the segment. But... We'll, we'll see what happens. So because the two of you are middle infielders, I might ask you questions about each other and see how well we know each other here. This will be fun. <laughs> We're not prepared for this. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. So Maria, in uh, one word, describe Kat for the people who don't know her. Ooh, ooh, okay, calm. Calm, ooh, I like it. And Kat, one word, Maria. Entertaining. That's not, I was gonna say, it's not gonna be calm. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not going to become all right uh cat uh who's your uh your biggest role model uh my older sister yeah all right good tell us why until okay um i guess growing up uh, she played softball also um i just really wanted to always you know emulate her and be like her and she just had such a good outlook on life um like extremely hard working um just like kind of embodies like who I would want to be as a person. So definitely. Her name's Christine. So shout out Christine. Yeah. Maria, I'm not going to ask you that question. Uh, so Maria, uh, favorite home-cooked meal? Ooh. Um, Something good I, in Italian, I got to imagine. I've, I've been cooking a lot, and I just got, I got to say, like, a good hearty salad. A good hearty salad is a favorite yeah. home cooked meal. Okay. What's in your what's in the good hearty salad? All right. I make my own croutons. You make your own croutons. I, I do. Was, okay. I roast some chickpeas. I'll do spinach, some sort of seed. Um, like some sort of like dried cranberry or some sort, and then like usually balsamic um, um vinaigrette. Nice. It is. Don't, don't knock it till you try it. I was going to say, has, <laughs> a, has a making your own salads uh, something that happened during the pandemic since you can't go uh, down the street anymore, uh, I assume, to, I don't, I feel like, I don't know if I'd be comfortable, maybe, I don't know, maybe some people are, but like, uh, what, what's the place uh, down the street from Columbia that has like, that had that big salad bar? And I can't think, what's the name? Sweet Green. I love Sweet Green. 
I don't know if it was Sweet Green, but yeah. There's so many salads. Sweet Green, Red Milano. I think it was Milano. It was Milano. They had like, you had had to like pick six uh, items, you know, to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do that when I was on campus, although my office wasn't really on campus, so it wasn't every day, but. My dorm is so far from Broadway, so it's so much easier to make it myself. Okay, solid, fair, fair. Are you, uh, are you living with, and I guess I've kind of gone on a tangent here from Rapid Fire, but are you, you said you're living, you're on campus, are you living with any of your teammates? I'm not living with any of my teammates. I am living with two athletes, though. Okay. Uh, I'm living with Caitlin Schultz and Maddie Ward on the volleyball team. Oh, nice, nice. Volleyball. Nice. Did you, did you, did it kind of just get thrown into that situation, or? I was completely random. I was going to say, I didn't know. I've, I've, I don't remember seeing you at volleyball games too much. I mean, I, I happen, I am pretty close with some of the volleyball girls, but I didn't know them that well, and now now we're best buds, so it ended up working out really well. That's cool. I was going to say, I know Caitlin and uh, Madeline Ward from volleyball, from my time covering the volleyball team. It's been, it's been a year or two, but they were on the team. I, they were on the team when I was still covering them, so those are nice nice girls, good roommates. Color I lady. approve. I approve, yeah. in, case, yeah. in case you were wondering. <laughs> I approve. Uh, Kat, you're living off campus. Do you live with any of your teammates? Sadly, no. I'm living with uh, three non-athletes, so it's been, uh, it's been really fun, uh, really different. It's been good. Good perspective. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That's for sure. And do they now? Are they interested in how the whole phase athletic activity is going? And or did they ask you a lot of questions about it? Or um, not like a ton of questions. I they were like really upset that we didn't get a season because they were like knew how upset I was last year that it got canceled and then kind of had a, a whole kind of like party of like just being upset about you know the season being canceled. Um, no, but they've just been really supportive of the whole thing. Um, they don't know like a ton about softball, so it's been nice to try and explain it to them. But yeah, it's been really good. You guys are recruiting new fans. So when we do, I, we're doing our best. Doing our best. <laughs> I think we'll have at least one or two new fans for sure. So I'm, I'm trying. I'm nice. trying my best. I mean, I think the atmosphere at uh, Columbia Softball Stadium when we're at home, when we're when we've got home games going on, the atmosphere is pretty good, Maria. Right? It's pretty electric. Yeah, like, we create a fun vibe. We do. I mean, the stands behind home plate are not like there's not a lot of sitting room there, right? I mean, but you could probably pack if you if you had it packed pre-pandemic, pre-social distance, you could you could probably pack. What do you think? Like 150, 200 people in there, or is that too many? Yeah, like 100, 150. I wonder what the official capacity is. Uh, I should know that as the SID, but I don't. Probably should. I don't. <laughs> it's probably the official whatever's listed is probably way too many people. It's probably probably would never fit that many. Although, because I think uh, you know, if you line people along the fence down first base, you can stand down third base line. I think too. Are you allowed? Allison, to? Allison is there down first base line every single game. Our strength coach, Allison. Shout out, Allison. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but I was gonna say, yeah, you guys definitely create a fun atmosphere, and I, I try to do my best with like the sound effects and the uh, and the. The walk-up songs are always a good time. The walk-up songs. Did I ever, did I ever actually, I don't know if it's going to make the podcast. Did I ever actually, I always said that I wanted to one time just play uh, a song. Uh, what's it? It's just called like Maria, Maria. Um, How do you solve the problem like Maria? No, it's not that one. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to play it a different time. But I, one time I just wanted to like surprise you and play it and throw you off so hopefully i get to do that hopefully <laughs> one i think one game i'm just gonna pick songs for all of you and it's not gonna be no no, no song is gonna be one that you picked that'd be we, fun that'd be really fun i'd be like <laughs> <gonna, laughs> <the electric> <laughs> yes. amazing 
so we did bring it up a little bit before um and you know cat you said you know, your 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 roommates were you know pretty upset when the season got canceled and i do I, you know i do want to talk about the season getting canceled and i do want to know your feelings on it um you know it's 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 got to be tough when you see a lot of other conferences playing i think that's the toughest part this year whereas last year it was everything was getting canceled you know there was you know everybody knew everybody understood it was upsetting but i think everybody you know could come to the realization that that's what it was and then this year you know it's definitely it's definitely tough i think being an ivy league athlete and seeing uh you know it's not every school that's playing but it's uh you know there's a, there's a lot of schools playing and um so maybe marie i'll start with you as a senior how do you um maybe as a senior leader on the team kind of like rationalize that and uh try and like what's like the message to the team you know um, me and Abby were talking about this when we first started practicing, like, obviously, like, not to beat around the bush, like, it really sucks, like, not being able to play, and it's obviously heartbreaking, especially because it will be my last season, but being in phase um, athletic practices right now is just so, the morale is so high, we're not preparing for anything, there are no stakes, like, obviously, we're preparing for next season, but we're not going to be in competition for another year, so we're just playing together, having a fun time, and literally just like taking hacks. And practices have been like funner than they've ever been. I feel good as a player, like kind of better than I've ever felt as a player. And I just, it is nice going, potentially this being my last set of practices with the team. It's nice going out, feeling this way at practices. That's good, that's good perspective, you know? Cause I think for people, you know, a lot of people on the outside, uh, would, wouldn't know like the vibe during practice you know or you know phase athletic activity so um that's it's good to hear your perspective on that and Kat would you like echo would you echo that like the vibe at practice you know just kind of there's no there's no immediate pressure you know you guys are preparing for next year but there's no like urgency yeah no I definitely think considering that we had taken a year off prior to this like coming back and like being like thrown into like game situations definitely would have been a little stressful so it's kind of nice to like you know kind of like get back into it it's just nice being with the girls I definitely like, agree with Maria like it's just been like a really fun atmosphere like very relaxed and it, it makes you like appreciate the game a lot more I think and appreciate the relationships that you form from it definitely all right well that's all the time we have uh for this portion of our episode we want to thank uh Kat Laverty and Maria Pagani. Pagani. Got it. Uh, <laughs> I wanted you. I wanted you to give the, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I have Pagani stuck in my head. It's, it's always going to be Pagani in my head because that's how we've said it your entire career. So um, we want to thank the two of them for joining us. And uh, hopefully uh, the phase athletic activity continues to go well. And uh, hopefully as more and more people get vaccinated, uh, you know, we get to the point where hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that over the summer, you know, we're at a place where most people can be outside, uh, whether you got your mask or maskless, but you know, it wouldn't feel pretty comfortable. So I'm really hoping that's what, that's what it is. But, uh, again, thank you for taking the time, uh, joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. This has been the broadcast presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. For Mike Kowalski, I'm Kyle Matrician. You can catch uh, this season's episodes on Wednesdays, streaming live Wednesday morning right here on Twitch. Uh, episodes will also be uploaded to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And you can listen to more episodes 
uh, by Columbia Athletics. We have the Inside Columbia Basketball Podcast. We have past episodes of Captain's Corner with Football, uh, all on all of those platforms. So once again, thanks for joining us this week, and we will talk to you again next week.